0: Take one. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. You know, I, I, I'd like to start the conversation with the film school debate because I think that if I'm 17, right, and I'm on the fence, I, I want to know what it'll mean to me or whether I should go or that, you know, so, so really it goes back back to the you was you're doing it. Say you're like, hey, I want to be a sound designer. You know, <laughs> I want to fully in and slice up some watermelons. You don't yeah. need to go to film school for that. You know, that's that's something you can do on your own really easily. Um but it'd be good, you know, if you're already in film school to do the fully for the experience of it. But like but then then it gets it's gets labyrinthine because you you you, um are like oh what if i want to be an editor well with editing it's one of those things that everyone wants a skilled laborer you know so it's so school would be more advantageous in that area but it's still a yellow light it's not a a green light that says yeah man um you know, so you want to be a cinematographer. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you could work on student films or you could work on your own films, and it's all kind of more or less the same, really, you know? Yeah. So it's it's kind of one step forward, two steps back. Um, you know, gaffing. Gaffing is where I'd recommend some level of ev- education just electricity so you're not burning the house down you know <laughs> so it's yeah. like yeah gaffing is where i think the school should should put you in and you know teach you to be like okay don't don't put a 500 volt thing into a 60 amp you know breaker you're gonna
0: blow well, now you're talking up. about electrician school <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that's, that's a trade that's school. that's basically what it is though yeah you know?
0: yeah well, we should catch everybody up. You're John Alston. This is the third time you've uh, been able to visit. Well, oh, yeah. virtually visit this time. So that's two times for a virtual.
1: Oh, yeah, well, um, two times, yeah.
0: You hit me up yesterday and you're like, I want to do something about filmmaking.
1: Oh, yeah, like, it's a process. It's it's frustrating because it's it's like you're just cutting a piece of the film into a version that's, finished, but you're like, man, it could be better. It could be better. Um, so yeah, I, I think where where it goes back to the the, the film school of thought is that um, narrative films and animation, well, no, with narrative films, so many people are self-taught, you know, the uh, Roder- Rodriguez and Tarantino, like, you know, a billion So I wouldn't need, that's still a yellow light. Where, where I think the green light is animation, because the thing is you can, you can do weird things with live action and say, oh, I, was, I meant to do that. He meant to be out of focus. He meant to be <laughs> underexposed. He meant to be looking at someone else's mouth and really looking in <laughs> the distance. like You could say all of that, but you can't do that with animation. So right. the ability to foul up in animation is something that I think is very valuable and can be self-taught, but it's like, if you're already going, if you're not, don't go out of your way. But like, if you're on the fence, you know, get, get mentored and have that bubble window because, you know, <laughs> when, when someone knows this is a mistake in animation, they don't say, oh, that's an artistic choice
0: that's true that's true (laughs) Uh, uh, prime uh, examples of that would be the uh the disney um um phallic castle that they had to remove out of the little um, mermaid here's the uh, thing
1: is angry animators (laughs) always put in some glimbo messages right like isn't that crazy and kind of creepy hundreds from what i heard of like who framed roger rabbit what oh yeah like the this from you know kind of things slipping in and explicit to like there's a scene in the train where if you freeze frame it it shows people like attacking each other like (laughs) on the train with like sharp objects and rope it's crazy
0: that's that's crazy yeah like oh man and what was it the um that frame in the lion king where you could see sex in the the debris oh, that was flying actually, off the
1: thing is i'm actually vouching for disney animators in that point because the special effects team who are making the particle animation they want to get credit and they aren't thinking that f could be any e that easily because it, it's clearly an f when it starts out but as it blows around it looks more e like
0: yeah yeah definitely so they were doing sfx was the yeah, idea that's what i believe okay oh that's i've never heard that defense i like that idea um, yeah,
1: that's why, because I, I it, it isn't one of those things where it's the rescuers where uh, an animator clearly got a bad day and is like, I hate you guys. I'll throw this in. No, this is, I think, a tribute to the people who do the special animation effects, but it...
0: <laughs> yeah, I see it <laughs> once, now. Though. Once you're
1: looking for a subliminal message, you're gonna find one.
0: Well, and if you look at the later uh, cuts of that film, they've They've they removed it
1: i don't know they, they keep george Lucasing the the lion king where it's like if you notice they actually reanimated the crocodiles and they look better but like it's not the same animation they yeah it's, <laughs> it's like oh right. okay we have time to fix that shot
0: i missed the like, stop motion talking about lucas i missed the stop motion uh trash compactor creature i thought that was great i'd frame for frame it had to deal with water so that makes it tricky um, I, I mean it, it looked really good for stop motion i really like the Tauntauns, too i i miss the original oh, tontons
1: yeah that that's the kind of filotypic go motion you know that with those things they put like a little rotor and oh, really? they spun the things around so there's a little bit of motion blur
0: and oh, so that's it cool. gives it
1: that living creature quality
0: i didn't know that that's so cool oh yeah so we started off, though, we were talking about the debate between going to film school and whether or not it's necessary, and then just being Joe Blow off the street trying to make creative product oh, yeah. and get it seen. So one of the arguments that you were saying for film school is animation, especially if you're going into animation, Yeah, you're going to be able to see technology. You're going to be able to see the trends that are developing. You're going to be working with people of all types because you have to build from yeah you as a animator you're going to need a director you're going to need a a casting director right you're not going to be trying to make the whole thing Well, if if you're you're wanting
1: someone else to steer the ship you know
0: (laughs) yeah well there's that too i mean if you want to be the writer director animator you're still going to need the cinematographer and Lighting guys, right? You're still going to need that network of,
1: well, people, with the or at least
0: the producers.
1: It, if if it unless it's stop motion, you the the lighting is the 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 frame. It's it's the the technology you use. But the trouble with that is that is in a way working with people is and working for yourself are two different skills. So that's a, a different rabbit hole if you want yeah. to go down there.
0: Well, that's one of the neat things though about going to film school that that i really was hoping for was that camaraderie to be in the same environment with the people that are wanting to make stuff
1: i mean Um, that's it's harder out of film school but you know you the the thing about that is you can you with facebook now you can be like oh chase's action comedy project um You don't want to make a 20 minute short, but you probably want to make like a two minute short, you know, two minutes, action, comedy, something that isn't as as ambitious as it seems, but something that seems ambitious, Chase's action, comedy, mud fight movie. And then you put it on Facebook and you have your friends who aren't very committed like it. And then you'll have one or two who are committed And those will be the ones you cast in your movie, you know? And, you know.
0: So you're talking about building your own community?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's gotten so easy.
0: It's gotten easy to be able to create. And it's not just a community in proximity. It's a community around the world because it's the web and you can use all kinds of communication. Oh, yeah.
1: You could. If if you really want a janky movie, you could crowdfund your, your movie. Start it out. Chase waking up in the morning and yawning and smashing his alarm clock or some type of cliche and then hand it off for someone else to continue the narrative like be like Inception on steroids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what's the first step? You've been making some shorts yourself. Um, What's the first step in getting your art out there? What are you doing? oh let's say you've gone to film school or you're skipping film school yeah now it's time to actually
1: Well, what i first say is what type of movie is worth doing getting out of my comfort zone for because the thing is if you only go on your comfort zone then what happens is your cinematic muscles get weak Mm. and so it's it's better to break your cinematic muscles working on something you can't imagine doing than to break them by just doing the same thing over and over and over again
0: it sounds like you're saying pick something that's going to stretch you each time yeah exactly yeah yeah so you've picked a project do you pick it as far as like an idea first or do you go through and you try to read some scripts to get some ideas. what i
1: do is i i basically try to figure out the tone i want before i storyboard because the trouble is is if i don't get the right tone then it's it 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 kind of messes up the storyboard because then you say you wanted to make a g-rated you know disney type movie you know you wouldn't storyboard uh, a really bloody fight scene, for example, but in spur of the moment, you might do that for the excitement of it, you know, and then be like, oh no, I, I, I created a different movie. And that's, the thing is, I think what you have to do is decide on your tone first and then storyboard based on that tone because once things get lost, you can't really put them back because things shift. It's it's like gravity. It shifts around and you just have to see what you, see what you actually have by the time you're done with it.
0: So, I've heard a lot of people say that they create something every day. Is that something for you too?
1: You know, the, every day is kind of rigorous, but I would say um I would say always be thinking of the movie that you want to see next. Like, not even the movie you want to make next, because if that were the case, you would just be making kind of um, angry rap movies or something where it's like you can just shoot something fast and make it on your cell phone, but make something where it's like you want to see that movie next. You know, so... So the thing is, with Jake and the Dino Cat, since it's claymation, I got very burned out on it. So now I'm just trying to ease myself back into the process.
0: Yes, uh, I've heard that where, and I feel this way myself on creative projects when I'm taking on a big one where it's got a lot of edits and a lot of uh, just post-production, right? Or even pre and post-production. Oh. Yeah, do the double whammy. Um, By the time I'm done with it, the way I know that I'm done with it is I'm fully sick with it. I'm just sick of it. I can't stand looking at it anymore. Anything I'm going to do, like there's this wall, there's this threshold. And when I pass it, anything I add to it after that, it's going to make it worse.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even it's, if it it's could be better. Like you're, you're climbing the, the ladder and you've got a ledge and you have to grab that ledge because you can't you can't let – let it all go because it's it's no longer yours it's kind of part of the universe <laughs> yeah
0: it's living on its own there's yeah. this moment yeah we that too where when i get burned out on it the the way i know that i'm fully burned out is i'm like you know what this is crap i'm throwing it all away and <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, but what you're talking about is what keeps me from doing that is i go no it, it's actually already alive there's Oh There's yeah. something in it that's asking me to keep it alive and yep. help it get on its feet, even if it's crap. It's like, well, well now it's not my crap anymore. It's no,
1: it's like, not your crap.
0: That's <laughs> so cool. I, <laughs> I thought that was one of my own things. So I'm glad to hear it's more than that, more than me that feels that way. Two people. Yay! <laughs> Seven hey, billion. That's a hundred percent increase over what I knew a minute ago. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> If the numbers are not impressive, always look at percentages. That's the way.
1: Um, that's oh, that's analyst. funny.
0: Yeah, there's an analyst tool right there. So we've got it. We've got the idea. We've got the theme. We've got the feeling, the movie yep. that we want to see next. So now it's time to start pre-production planning.
1: Oh, man, you, you, you got to Here, I hate to be this one brick wall where it's like, yeah, this is the only way. But I can't really think of another way. What if you're making this big, deep drama? Don't disregard this advice. But if you're making a genre film, like have twenty panels, twenty square sixteen by nine panels, and then draw those panels with the ugliest stick figures you can, and that's your movie. That's yes, your movie on the I love that. On, on the on the paper and as you realize you develop, you can say, oh, I don't need this shot. And I I do like what Lucas does where he just X's over a storyboard, you know.
0: So that's what happened to the plot of Attack of the Clones. Oh, man. (laughs) Just a bunch of X's. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, man. It was asking for it. (laughs) That's, you know what? That's what happened. That's what happened to Indiana Jones 4 right there because I had heard they had a complete script that Lucas agreed on and the writers agreed on. Oh, that's like
1: the Shawshank guy. They were all set. It was ready to go. Shawshank, Frank Darabont's like, I liked it. And Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas did not like that one script.
0: Right. Right. And And so they went and they went X. (laughs) "X." it's like, no, (laughs) it had to have been better. Uh, Rumor had it. It probably was, yeah. uh, Rumor had it they were going to do I don't know if this is true or not, but um, the original script for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was actually Indiana Jones and the Haunted Castle, and that, well, right, right, right. They were trying to stick with this whole adventure at a time. Hey, better than the aliens, okay? That's all I got to say, um, <laughs> but so that's what the castle... Um, um, Broombald is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's the only element of that original script that stayed, <laughs> and that's what the whole movie <laughs> well, was going to be well, about. So they you, kept you it.
1: have that kind of spooky campy feel, and I think, yeah, I really like the castle there, where with the oh, it's great, fourways. it's stupid to be honest, it's but it's fun. likable,
0: it's, it's likable.
1: fun. It's fun, yeah. yeah, you know,
0: it's better than Space Wind.
1: Chad
0: (laughs) that was for Chad
1: it's it's kind (laughs) of like if you have Spielberg going all over the place with his realism and Lucas going all the way with his kind of plotting you kind of get two extreme circles which is kind of what Crystal Skull is it's like over the top plausibility meets over the top plotting and so it it just there's a lot that's lost in translation and i bet there was a a really good film in there and i thought it was just okay-ish L-
0: listening to dan Aykroyd talk about the crystal skulls mystery there was a really good movie to be had in there and they just they went for a car chase with vines and monkeys and monkeys and vines yeah and giant ants
1: well the giant ants i can explain as being kind of a hangover from the b movie um kind of them and the naked jungle where it's the the over top 1950s b movie but i think the trouble is since you know these aren't real they're simulated it makes it seem less intense than it actually is you know
0: well it's true because the um the monkey scene in the rundown with Dwayne Johnson and Sean William Scott is hilarious and it's great. And you know, it's fake, but they actually used live animals here and there. And oh, man, that, they mixed it with practical effects and it was, <laughs> it's so funny, right? That's the other thing is it didn't take itself seriously. And oh, no. I feel it's... like, I feel like Indy four takes itself seriously.
1: Well, Indy four is weird. It's, it's got an identity crisis because it wants to be this, last crusade fun movie but it also wants to be look at aliens they're creepy and i'm like x files eats your lunch you know if you want creepy (laughs) x x files aliens you've got a better franchise and if you want to have a fun adventure you 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 could just write this (laughs) script better
0: it's funny wasn't uh last crusade it came out in 91 i think
1: 89
0: was it eighty? Because I remember
1: Batman. I no, uh, I don't remember because I wasn't born. But like,
0: <laughs> wait, what? was <is> live. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: got really weird. I, I remember the IMDb listing. You know, not uh, so it's it's like, you know, Bat, Last Crusade is the better movie, but Batman is the bigger zeitgeist. So you, you, sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, where I was going with that though is eighty nine. Last Crusade comes out. You got two years till 91 where the X-Files. Oh snap. On. Yeah. So X-Files that we just established. X-Files is the real Indiana Jones 4.
1: Oh, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> no. well, in a way, <laughs> the way I see it is the mummy is the transition.
0: Yeah.
1: From Indiana Jones to Crystal Skull. So if you watch yeah the mummy before Crystal Skull, you'll like Crystal Skull a little more and a little less at the exact same time
0: but the reason i liked the mummy was because it was indiana jones not taking itself seriously and making no. it fun <laughs> no it's it, just... it went over the top it was yeah yeah it was a b plus movie right it's
1: not trying to be an a movie yeah
0: it's, yeah it's... i love seeing but... steven summer's in um, the outtakes of van helsing by the way okay where, cool uh, van helsing's pistol no somebody's pistol the prop breaks in half <laughs> and you see Stephen Summers out there Holding both halves He goes you, you see this? When I do an A-list movie This kind of stuff won't happen
1: That's, realize... uh, That is really awesome <laughs> and I, I think there could be something said About self-reflexivity And in, in putting yourself in your work But I also think It's one of those things That you should only do it If it's appropriate Like if you're like Hey you know this sci-fi film is taking itself too seriously i'll just put myself being like oh man them aliens are attacking or something you know um but i think when in doubt when you're like should i cast myself or not the answer is no because the thing is other people can see what you can't and vice versa
0: yeah definitely gotta get um ron ron howard fantastic masterclass by ron, the way I,
1: I should. Uh,
0: yeah ron howard's masterclass was great and he talks about what he picked up from Scorsese was having a tripod so that was funny he talks about <laughs> you oh, have, okay. yeah you have to have you know you've got an inner circle where it's trust you've got a writer you direct you trust you've got yeah. a cinematographer you trust huh? and then you right but then that handles one aspect of it like the visual matching the script and getting the feel of the script in the visuals but then you have to have another tripod for the casting so you got to have you but then you got to have a good casting director that you trust and then you've got to have like a producer or somebody that's just that totally outside the technical perspective that's just going to say nobody wants to look at that person in that role yeah, they're great, but nobody wants to look at that person. And when you get the three going, yeah, definitely. So coming back to what you were talking about, the having the, the people you trust, because you can't see everything.
1: No, absolutely yeah.
0: And that's my argument against um, Kubrick. Kubrick could have been better, but it would have been a very different feel. So Kubrick is great now. as Kubrick. But, you know, what would Kubrick have been if he had allowed creative input from other people?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, and in a way, this this goes to a, another notch is distribution. The, the thing is, with YouTube, you can just send it out there. But, you know, the tr- trouble is people are mean. So, you know, <laughs> how much you hold the film back from being sent out there, depends on what type of person you are and what you like to see, you know. It's like, you know, if if you don't do film festivals, you know, the trouble is people will be, will gang up on your your thing. You know, it's like yeah. the earth is round. It's like, maybe it is, it probably is. Satellites fo- photos kind of prove that thing. But if it's not, is that going to destroy my fabric of reality? And yeah. for some people, it would. And they hit that dislike button, you know.
0: I tell you, man, it's, it's hard. Uh, a lot of the guys I know that are artistic, they don't look at likes or dislikes. They just they put it out there, and then they, they duck and <laughs> cover. Um, I don't mind. I actually feel like I'm doing pretty good when I get hate mail. It's oh, like, uh, at least you watched it enough to know that you didn't like it. And, you know, except you missed the point or,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'd love to talk, I love talking with people that disagree with me. And that's where I really luck out and where I feel safe somewhat in the YouTube world. Um, I, I haven't lost any subscribers yet though. Oh,
1: nice. Cool.
0: That's going to be the thing. Like when I see that number start dropping, I, I have a fear of that. That's going to be rough.
1: I think the, the the thing about subscribers is is it's basically your fans, so you know it's. But um, if you do, here's where I feel like film festivals are good is because you're having a small group room of people who are probably other filmmakers watching their own films in most cases, um, who are appreciation appreciating the short film as a piece of work a piece of work of of oh okay this film is done but it's it's by someone who's in the process of trying to be an accomplished filmmaker there's a sense of understanding and i don't Mm. think you get it straight from youtube
0: yeah so it if i'm hearing you right sounding like by getting some credibility from other people in the industry, you're less likely to get beat up when you put your stuff out there because they'll say, "No, oh well, Scorsese appreciates this, which means I should probably look a little deeper than just attacking it."
1: I mean, yeah, but but where I want to go with this? Sorry if I seem like I'm pulling you along because I want no, it to be like. Jaws Masterclass in, <laughs> in, in, in filmmaking, like where yeah. you watch it and you're like, I don't need to, to have any more videos from John because he put everything <laughs> in there. Well, we can't so.
0: do that. I got to have you back.
1: Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs>
0: uh, no, but, like, so, if, well, if we're going to do Masterclass, then we've done Concept, right? Where yeah. you start with the feel and you're going to go with something that's going to stretch you. And yeah. then we've talked about surrounding yourself with a good team. So oh yeah, get the good team and you iron out a bit of a production schedule, like how, what order you want to shoot it in, what you can afford to yep. do. Uh, so it's shooting time. Yeah. What is that like?
1: Always shoot the endings first. Because really? because the thing is you want to know where everything will end up.
0: But this and is animation, they, right? What? For animation specifically or everything
1: i would say for all movies because the thing is if the 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 trouble is if you have this character have this big dramatic journey and you don't see the end in sight you don't really know what you're aiming for it's kind of like having the basketball um backboard and not having the little square the the ending's the square that you aim at and whatever the film becomes is whatever it is you know
0: okay so you're you're shooting the ending first. Yeah. How do you prep a cast for that then? Because there's going to be an element of them immersing in the character as you shoot. So that means that your very first shot, they're either 100% already immersed in that character, or they're going to feel a little less like that character at the very end of your movie where it's important.
1: I mean, in a way... We, this is where animation gets good. It's like with animation, you're like, hey, my character is at the end of his or her emotional journey. I'll, I'll, um, Um, sorry, blanked out. No, I got you. Um, start with the ending and kind of work my way back. I think the thing is, I with with a script, I record all the lines, so I know that they're there. Um, but That's in terms idea. of actual animation, I start with the ending because the thing is, if if no part of the movie is good, the ending should at least be good.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, hook them in the first fifteen minutes, and then kill it on the ending. That's kind of the, the arc I've heard of
1: yeah well what the trouble with with phones is that people people have <laughs> people lose their attention span so it's like I would say hook them in the first six or seven minutes sure and then
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know I won't disagree especially if you're doing YouTube right because we should I think we should talk about that for a minute is how you make a film festival film that's going to go to theater at some point and be ignored because it was a film festival success, but it's not a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) Um, But how you would do a film festival movie versus how you would do a commercial box office movie versus how you would do YouTube, which is very different because it's very compressed. And then we'll go, we could even go to the extreme of Instagram Right, where it's just if you're going to do an Instagram movie, it's it's over. Okay. Right. Well, so, so it, how would you adjust yeah. across those?
1: Um, have a person like s- s- sigh, um, scream, "Help me! Help me!" You know, <laughs> with his mouth open and like not say anything, and people are like, "Is it real? Is it right? not?" Then you have viral sensation.
0: Yeah. Well they did that with um they did that with Cloverfield. Oh wow. The Blair Witch is probably the best success story of that though. Oh the um the video or snippets of the video and rumors of the crew disappearing were being floated a year before the movie hit, which I thought was so clever. If you can break that fourth wall and get the audience engaged, I think that's where it really becomes interesting.
1: I, I mean in a way here here's the trouble with with viral internet is that people people grab on to things they care about and then they just let everything go so it's like <laughs> you know with 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 the internet it's like um what happened this year it's 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 January. It's you know. Yeah. And and so I think when you're trying to hype something up, what you want to make sure is make sure the audience who appreciates it the most gets it. You know.
0: Mm. Mass in, mass intimacy is something I've heard recently, where you come up with something that connects with people one on one, but on a mass scale. Oh yeah right? You're not trying to connect with a crowd. You're trying to connect with a crowd of individuals. Oh yeah. And have that locked in that emotional exchange there. Do you feel like that's what you do with your animation or is it, are you writing for one?
1: You know, it's, it's funny. It's like, what happens is I, I write for the viewer who I think I am, but what happens is I change while I work on the work on the film so then my desires are a little bit um different and so so um so it's it's like when you start out you you're trying to you 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 can't market it the way you started out because what you ended up was different you know I I started out trying to aim for a chicken run G and it feels more like a hunchback of Notre Dame G.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good example do you feel like that makes your work better or do you feel like that's something you have to discipline?
1: I think it's kind of like I, I think all film work is discipline so I think I think what happens is You should aim higher so that if more gets lost in translation, you'll still end up with more than what you started with, you know?
0: Let's talk about something that's huge in Hollywood and, well, the world right now, production delays. Oh, man, I would not do live action. Well, even if you're doing animation, you're going to hit those roadblocks, right? The animator gets sick. Or um, (laughs) let's say, as a creator, I know I run into this, I'll start a project, I'll be gung ho about it, gung ho about it and then hit a severe depression spiral.
1: Oh yeah, that, and um, it'll
0: sit for like 8 months and I won't do anything with it. I've got a project that's fully shot that's 2 3 years old now. Mm. And I haven't started editing it. Not even well, a little bit. And, and it's, just it's, that, it's, it's just that it's just that So how do you What
1: I would do would give it off to a different editor and then they can see what the film is to them. And it won't be the same film, but it will it will have a life of its own. And you can see that life rather than try to make yourself be something different. Because here's the thing is I would rather you be out there and you have your experiences than, you know, just kind of <laughs> consume yourself with making a movie so much you destroy the type of person you are, you know, it's... Um, you know, it might mean delegation, but that's, that's part of the process, you know.
0: It's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, What if you don't have those friends around you though?
1: Is that where that
0: comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with building your, your support system or your community? We we said community earlier, but that's where a community can become a support system, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I think with, animators you you don't want to lean on other animators for support because they they don't support <laughs> animators are a, a different breed of animals they'll they'll toast you before they support you but like you you that's that's where your whole family and friends are you know they'll be your support and if you know the thing is you're only unsupported when you make a movie that nobody likes and that's, that's, I don't know what that would be. That would probably be something that's like a Hallmark type movie. That movie will probably get you enemies is like, if you make
0: this sweet Hallmark (laughs) type movie, people will be like, that's cliche. It'll probably start James Marsden. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Poor, poor Cyclops. Uh, oh
1: man, I like James Arson.
0: I love him. I, I really <laughs> do. Oh man, that poor guy. He just can't keep throwing it. Call it
1: about. forty-five, where he's having a midlife crisis. He's forty-five, and he's trying to find love. And you know, write it as a joke and watch it get a billion
0: dollars. Hey, you know what? That's yeah. You, you ever heard the Beastie Boys song? You got to fight for your right to party. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They wrote that as a parody of all the party songs that were existing at the time. Cause they Last hated month. them. They hated them so bad. And I think it's their biggest hit in history. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, there's value in that, right? If, if you hate something like write your version of it, like mock <laughs> it, and see what happens. Uh, I did that the other day and it's one of my more successful videos. I did a, uh, a conspiracy theory video. Uh. And I was like, All I did was read you a declassified CIA document, (laughs) and it's huge. I don't get it. I guess that comes back to, though, people like controversy. Oh, yeah. They like something to dislike. Oh, yeah. That's why the villains are always the best, right?
1: Oh, in a way, the villains are ways that uh, a screenwriter can show his or her cynical side and put it out there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's
1: a like, great point too.
0: Yeah. So we skipped a, an important part, though, of filmmaking: funding.
1: Oh, yeah, obtaining yeah,
0: yeah. funding, <laughs> like pursuing funding. Because I mean, you can do something on the cheap, but on the cheap is still ten grand. I mean,
1: oh, oh, well, uh, funding. Well, the the thing is, um, I think the thing is, you have to realize. Wh- how much things cost. And so, you know, if you're like, hey, I want it to look good, well, you probably want a grip to shape the light. You probably want, uh, you know, a uh, $2,000 light kit. You know, you probably <laughs> want, want um, a camera that can handle higher resolution. So you probably want all those things and the the thing is what do you absolutely need and i think the thing you absolutely need is good sound which is less than 300 you know good.
0: i don't know anymore man i've been looking at mics lately it's expensive
1: <laughs> have it has it gotten up <laughs> it I, might have gotten up since i've been to film school like we'll it was just say 15. the portable recorders
0: right so the um the zoom in one that's a that's a big popular item oh uh, You're in it for $179, uh, but that's with no accessories. That's with no like wind sock. That's no, and then you Mm. gotta, but honestly, I'm working with cheap stuff myself and it's about how much work you want to put into it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Good sound to your point. You might be able to do it with 150 bucks. You know, if I add it up, really, I started this podcast with, hundred and twelve dollars worth of stuff Hmm. so and that's just audio right um that i accumulated across like 15 years (laughs) so it's old and outdated too but you know that's a really good point that you're making though you you can take like donated mics and if you really push hard and craft the sound you can still get great sound out of it and it not be a distraction for your your story
1: oh yeah so yeah you know sound is the thing you absolutely need
0: Mm.
1: and anything sound and editing are the two things you need and anything else is kind of a bonus
0: Mm. the cast
1: i mean the cast you could be like i'm alone in my old mansion and make a wistful kind of depressed type (laughs) movie but you know you know you could do that and it wouldn't be the end of the world but cast is is kind of once you something you should get once you got your editor and your um sound recorder you know it's like Because the thing is, with cast, it's like two characters can become one if one doesn't show up. So you have to think in terms of who can I keep and who can I not shoo out, but like transition out if uh, someone else does the line deliveries better. It's just how it is. It's not personal, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. That's something of, you know, it's hard when you're auditioning. Um, Oh, man. You, you you try to keep that in mind though it's it's not you as a person or you you as an actor it's just at the end of the day were you what they wanted for that film and maybe you'll be what they want for the next 10 films but you weren't that day you know i mean how many times did lucas say i'm not casting Harrison Ford in indiana jones like I... Apparently, it was a lot.
1: You had other guys. Uh, like, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. I is I think Kurt Russell would have made a good Indiana Jones, but I don't Ooh. think he would be as fun as Harrison Ford.
0: Like, Her- well, Harrison brought a. I would have expected something funny from Kurt Russell.
1: Yeah, he was, would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of. I would like, not
0: have thought that. Like when young, it, I'm yeah. watching Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, he's gonna play it straight even if it's over the top funny yeah playing it straight is what makes it funny
1: yeah exactly like the the part in temple of the doom where he gets poisoned like that's
0: so good so funny. good it's so tropy but it's yeah. so tropy is what i'm picking up from my last podcast with chad by the way <laughs> tropy I, I just like saying it now um but yeah it's so tropy and then the whole chasing the vial through the whole the obi-wan cafe
1: the movie yeah. starts to go south once they actually go to India.
0: Oh, it's true. Once you, once Dan Aykroyd, once you can't see Dan Aykroyd bo- <laughs> having them board the plane, um, it's over. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the movie's done.
1: Yeah, I, I, I actually think Temple of Doom would make a good half an hour movie. You just end it with Indiana Jones creating a, uh, whatever that thing, <laughs> parachute raft, and then end it.
0: <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, that would have been the perfect ending when he when it comes yeah. to a stop at the end of the slope and that local is standing there like looking down on him. <laughs> oh man. The, oh. He was a real local too. They had to like phonetically give him the lines because he oh, didn't wow. speak a lick of English. Oh wow. So they shot those shots where he was telling the story of the stones and stuff. That's why it's cut up so much. Oh, if you that's look scary. at how many cuts there are, it's cuz they couldn't get the guy to say a whole line in one shot (laughs) that's funny so i digress i digress though getting into movie geekdom here
1: the the trouble is a movie appreciation is a different process than film making you know that's a good point appreciate something without knowing how to do it and i think what's what's most important in terms of filmmaking is to have um in terms of completing the project is to have a timeline with the things assembled shots assembled and taking it one piece at a time not just trying to do everything in one day because you you go crazy
0: so this is where i think theater background is crucial for not just the crew but for the cast too um you're used to doing it under pressure there's there's, you're used to doing it in a sequence, and you're used to rehearsing different segments of those, that sequence, right? You can just jump oh. into scene 24 to rehearse it so that the rehearsals are going efficiently. And when you've got that kind of discipline, when you've got the line memory and the blocking and the staging, and then you've got the crew in, in on it too, like the lighting and the camera work and everything, you're going to have an efficient production. I, I'm a huge fan sense. of record of um, trying to recruit theater background people.
1: Um, but am I wrong? Yeah, with I'm, that? I'm for, for that too. I think um, I think it's better to tell a theater person to to peel back than to not get a, a good actor. You know, yeah. it's like but you, then know, you look it,
0: at somebody like Paul Walker who just he literally walked in off the street had no filmmaking no um, not I won't say filmmaking but he had no formal acting education whatsoever uh, and we refer to those people as the actors with a more natural approach <laughs> yeah that's the nice way to say it and, but he could connect with an audience which is yeah I, mean, I think the person, same thing about directors
1: you can't buy <laughs> you mm. know it's like it it's like you know, I'm not going to pretend to have the screen presence of Samuel L. Jackson. Like, you know. It,
0: it's easy. Just say MF a lot.
1: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. He does. Like, when you see him,
1: yeah, are like, instantly is, drawn in. You know.
0: At um, gravitas. Mm-hmm. So. But. But How do you thing, engineer that into your animation? Because with animation, there's no cast, right? Oh, other was, than the actual was, casting.
1: With the animation, it's what's most important is that the character's eyes are expressive. Because if their eyes are expressive, they're telling the story. So you might want to peel their their clay up or down or around, you know. And so mm. it's it's more work, but I think it's worth it to have a better final product than to just let the mouths do all the talking.
0: Sure. So do you take in account the color of the clay and how that reacts to the light, things like that, like those aesthetics too?
1: Oh, well, what happens is the chroma key kind of limits your genre. Because the thing is, if you put chroma key and you you don't have the perfect lighting you have key spill and it's so much easier to see key spill in color than in black and white so yeah that's why i'm black and white you know it's like
0: it's a forgotten medium i love black and white
1: oh man black and white's amazing because i think black and white can really bring out kind of contrast in a way that color kind of doesn't you know
0: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely and i like that it includes the audience in their imagination of what it oh, yeah. looks like in color
1: yeah you know in a way it makes you look at the film as a work of fiction and not so so much realism and i think what that does is that um it allows you to be immersed into the world of the the movie more. Um, though I think with color, it's good when you combine it with widescreen. Like if you have a, a big landscape and you want to show it off, you know, you would probably want it to be a color widescreen.
0: That's a great format. point. I do prefer Westerns in color.
1: Oh, I I mean, with Westerns, I I would say that the location is just pops out more. I think um
0: especially in the era when westerns were so big uh, 6 I'm thinking 60s 70s early
1: 60s um, yeah
0: early 60s when the technicolor was too extreme. They hadn't quite dialed in the subtlety of the colors and the the technicolor technique back then so you're right. Maybe that's part of why those Westerns were so big. That could
1: be it though. With a lot of these Westerns, this is me being more or less a nerd. Uh, a lot of these Westerns, they used Eastman Kodak stock and it's more muted. So it could be that some of the technical you're seeing isn't technical at all. Um,
0: you're thinking it's actual color,
1: but a different, um, film stock. No, it's it's still be in color, but it'd be more subdued. Um,
0: oh, okay. No, I mean with a different color. It's
1: more vibrant, and with the yeah. Eastman color, it's more kind of kind of chalky looking, for lack of a yeah. better word.
0: No, I'll um, agree with that, too. Yeah, I could see that. Because it gives it that grain, too. You can't.
1: I mean, the grain is the image. The grain will always be there unless mm. you shot it on an iPhone. <laughs> yeah.
0: We are so lucky. We've got recording studios in our... In our pockets
1: oh yeah exactly
0: unreal and that's a that's a factor i was seeing who was i talking to oh i was talking to my wife the other day about um there's this kids show that's got one kid that's talking to the audience and she's so magnetic like she's super young but she's got all of the characteristics of what we were talking about with trying to pull people in and connect with them and she's got it at such a young age. And I said, either this took a lot of takes and a lot of work, or we're seeing the emergence of a multi-generational YouTube world where we're used to being in front of a camera and being broadcast all the time. Like you have I to mean, get comfortable in, with it in, quick.
1: In a way, I think what we're doing like right here is a form of broadcasting. So we're it's kind of, I would call it unedited documentary broadcasting you know (laughs) yeah um so I think people um are are get used to it but I also think screen presence is something someone either has or doesn't have it's not Mm -hmm. something I think you can learn but at the same time I'm not saying people who don't have it don't have it you know it's yeah you
0: you might have to work (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's like being an ugly guy at the prom. You're gonna get a date. You might have to work for it a bit. <laughs> <like we're> <laughs> All right, so we haven't covered soundtrack yet. We haven't oh. covered the music. We haven't covered scoring.
1: Oh, scoring scoring would be something I'd recommend film school for because mm. the thing is the the thing is you can get sa- sample libraries, but you wouldn't get access to a big orchestra unless your film was millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands or really expensive so um so for that once in a lifetime type opportunity i would recommend the film school for that but i also think you can do it on your own and you can use sample libraries um the production sound um stock music is something I would generally try to avoid if I can, because even if it sounds good, it'll sound inconsistent to the rest of the music. Um, but at the case of my movie, I'm like, I want this part to be the best part of the movie. So I I bought stock music. Um
0: your score, I mean your soundtrack, your scoring for this last one, Jake and the Dino Cat. I loved every bit of the music in it. I oh, mean, nice! So much, so much good music in that, and I know some of it was stuff that you put together with your own uh, samples, and some of yep. it was, like you said, some stock music here and there. But I really thought it meshed well, and thought your music editing on that was just perfect. It was I mean, so good.
1: Music editing—it's more. I actually think it's more important than good sound design.
0: Completely like, agree with that.
1: You know. You can, you know, no offense, Ben Burt, but it's like
0: I love Ben Burt, I have to choose yeah.
1: between Ben Burt and John Williams. John Williams, you know, <laughs> those, um, those lasers can go, you know, make kazoo sounds, but as long as John Williams is scoring the movie, I'm going <laughs> to be on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. Uh, coming back to tropes, I hate sound in space, it bugs me. You should not have sound in space. It doesn't exist. It's not. It's not. It's not true. So if we take all the sound effects out of Star Wars for the mm. space sequences, um, and you just had John Williams, it'd still be good. It would be good. But you can't do the interior shots, like let's say in the Death Star, they're shooting at each other. You can't do those scenes. You can't do those scenes without soundtrack. No, you can't do those scenes without um, sound, sound design. Text? But you could do them without John. Oh. You could do them without Williams. I mean, it
1: would be very boring. Have you seen the throne? Yeah,
0: but I would, I would still watch it. It's kind of my point. The sound in space, or no sound in space, but John Williams, I'd love. Mm. Um, but I think it flips. I, I don't think you could do Death Star scenes with just John Williams and no blaster sounds or anything like that i don't i just don't think that would work
1: i mean it wouldn't be complete
0: (laughs) yeah and i wouldn't watch it but i'd watch it the other way i'd watch it with sound effects but no score whoa
1: whoa you you you, you've lost me
0: (laughs) in the death star in atmo i would i would enjoy watching star wars with sound design only
1: Oh man, I if no in that yeah. case I'm going to go on the other end and have it I want I'd watch Star Wars with sound with the music and no sound effects and black and white and just black and white would be good. 4 by 3 with this kind of artificially blown up because it was shot in widescreen, you know. <laughs> I would <laughs> I would watch that version of Star Wars maybe on VHS But I wouldn't watch it without music.
0: Watch it on Betamax. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I mean, I see where you're at. I just, I don't know. I don't feel that way inside. I don't feel Ah. that way on planet. I feel that way for the space stuff. But anyway. All right, so scoring. Is there anything else we want to talk about on scoring before we leave that topic?
1: I think that the... the thing about scoring is um the the thing is with arranging music um i i think the more complicated you make your arrangement the more complexities you're going to have to put to your to your scoring so i would say like watch youtube videos on arranging music before you take a crack at it. So you aren't putting cords on your oboe. You know?
0: Yeah. So there's a, that's an element that we haven't discussed yet is we're talking about going to film school Yeah. or not. But does YouTube, can YouTube and Khan Academy and Masterclass and things like that that are available on uh, broad scale, can those act as a sufficient replacement, do you think? for?
1: I, w- I would say 75% of the skill set that you learn in film school can be found online.
0: I, as far I haven't been to film school, but from what I can tell, <laughs> I've got no reason to disagree with you. But what because, I don't know, and I think this is where people have trouble, is which 25% is the 25% that I can't do.
1: Oh, well, you absolutely can't make a student film. Because even if you make a really, really good film, it's not a student film. You're not a student. It's all right. It's semantic. But like, so you can't make a student film and you aren't, you're, you're going to have peers who are at different skill levels as you, you know, where as in film school, you would have um, students who are, mostly better than you, <laughs> you know, and then, and, but still kind of at, at a different stage. Um, and, and I think formal instruction and those three things are, are kind of the things that make film school viable, but cont- controversial, because it's like, the thing is if you if you don't need all three of those things, you, you've saved yourself $20,000.
0: Now, one of the things that I thought about a lot was the being part of a pool that's being actively recruited from. Is But I don't know how true that is. Anymore. I don't
1: actually think it's that true.
0: Yeah, I think if you're not in the area in the business already, you're really not.
1: No, because the thing is, the, the student films are at a different scale than the TV shows that are shot regionally. So you're probably better off, oh man, this will get me in trouble, but like jumping off the school and onto the set or onto the set, you know. Or maybe, but,
0: maybe some kind of both.
1: Maybe like both, yeah. Both school, would be try ideal.
0: To, try to be an extra on shows yeah. being shot in the area. Yep. be on the crew try to be holding you know being the boom guy oh my gosh that's that's a role i've never wanted i just can't hold i don't i don't want to hold the boom mic over my head i'm too wiggly
1: i, I i've tried it a few <laughs> times and i i've, I've disappointed everybody
0: <laughs> like... i just don't want to <laughs> i'll prefer to be the guy editing it where the wiggly guy was getting Im- you know, audio, <laughs> Coverage, you know. I'd rather fix that than have <laughs> to you hold
1: hear it. the rattling on the, the poles.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, ADR. Okay. So distribution now, how do you get in touch with people to distribute your work? Let's say you're not going to do Vimeo. You're not going to do YouTube. You're going to do straight out of film school, find a distributor. the the old school commercial way what does that look uh, like the
1: the trouble with distributors is most are very very picky you know so what you want to do is find a film festival that has a distributor attached to it and Mm -hmm. get in that one but the thing is film festivals that aren't monthlies are very picky too so you know you kind of have to what I think everyone should do if they're going the festival route is to do a promotion. And that way, the only people who are um, responding to your film festival submission are the people interested in your film. And that way, it's it's $20. But the thing is, it's it's the price of two submissions or... Two big pizzas, you know, so the thing is, you know, for two big pizzas, you can have every single film festival on Film Freeway see your movie exists.
0: Which is cool. Which, which is, is re- really cool. Now, you're local to Winston-Salem, Greensboro area. Yeah. Um, which has got Winston-Salem School of the Arts, which, oh, yeah, you know, Danny McBride is a graduate of. And, oh,
1: yeah. There's a lot of cool you know, alumni
0: there. Yeah, and Zach Alifanakis, he's from North Wilkesboro. He's not far oh, nice. away either. Uh, so we've got talent around us. Yeah. But when the tax rebates went away, oh yeah, all the work went back, went down to Georgia. Yeah. Um, and at least South Carolina. I've done some work down in Fort, Fort Mill, South Carolina a few times. And it's, it's literally, I can throw a rock at the North Carolina line uh-huh. where the, uh, the studios are. And it's, it's such a challenge now to find work that's local that will actually be connected to something in New York or in Cal, you know, LA or Hollywood, any of that. So what are you doing now to try to network? Because you meet so many people when you're working on projects like that. Well, that's why we were saying it's a good idea while you're in school, be an extra on, I don't know, the vampire diaries. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Find something. Yep. And And be involved and be around people. Because you never know when someone's going to say, I need that guy right there. So what are you doing to get?
1: I would say.
0: Networking in.
1: Uh, with, with networking, it's more, it's kind of like, I, I think the thing is, it's an extension of exhibition where it's like, oh, I'll, I'll meet someone. Like, the thing is, um, the, the thing is, my advice to people who are doing film festivals is don't do a major film festival because if you get in one by accident and it's major, <laughs> It it'll turn out the way you want it, and you aren't spending forty, fifty dollars trying to make make it big on the big leagues. Uh, you know, it's like get in the little leagues, and then if people like it, you can say, "Hey, this this movie did well in the smaller." You can use it as kind of a testing ground. Um,
0: That's kind of what Romero did, right? Oh, um, George Romero with. Um... The Night of the Living Dead and oh snap, the whole, that's <laughs> that whole. That's zombie not zombie <laughs> genre. Zombie genre. Yeah, because he started very small, small scale. Uh, Sam Raimi did pretty much the same thing. Oh yeah. You know, they couldn't find anybody to distribute their stuff early on, and it's they just started showing it at local theaters and building up from there. Does that still happen?
1: I think with COVID, you won't have theaters around, but I think what I would do. Would be, is I would have a, a filmmaking channel just for that one film, and I'll put it on YouTube, and I, I'm this is me being a little bit sneaky, but I'm going to refresh 50 times just so I have 50, <laughs> 50, 50 views initially.
0: YouTube then, YouTube fixes that, by the way. Oh, they fixed that! All snap. Yeah, they fixed <laughs> oh. that. Um, they also. Uh, just FYI for anybody that's out there real quick on this. Um, if you've got a friend that's got 15 YouTube accounts and they subscribe all their 15 accounts, it takes about a day. And suddenly they all get consolidated into one. That's funny. Because <laughs> they, they trace it back and they see, oh, you're just one person. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: So you got to watch out for that. You can do that with
1: 2006 YouTube.
0: Um, uh, you might be able to do that with Vimeo might be able to do that with uh, like a website i, I don't know about
1: I, don't, I don't know i what but the thing is i think when you do it over a hundred times it's dishonest it's it's honest when it's 50 it was you know?
0: honest at 50
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> because okay. it's like you know it's it's not too much you're just enough to <clears throat> make sure that the 51st person is interested <laughs> you know you yeah. know um but yeah, you you promote your film like it's the best film you can ever make and hope that nobody knows the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh nobody has to know it's your first film. I uh, I think that's something that's important too. They just need uh, to see that it's your it's a film.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and uh, with with directing what you generally don't want to do is you don't want to play your hand out too much. Like, you know, so if I made a film, which is probably realistic that I wasn't happy with, I would not put it on YouTube where everyone can see it. You know, it's like, it's a limited release, you know, you can see it
0: at, you know, it'll show up eventually. Like, uh, this grizzly movie with um with uh george george gosh clooney you know what i'm talking about
1: oh man no idea
0: oh yeah it's been it never got a distributor and it was shot like 30 years ago
1: oh man
0: and it just got released
1: it's on netflix
0: now so you can see it's george clooney uh crap i can't minimize while i'm doing this um I was trying to multitask and bring it up details, but I'll, I, I can, I'll
1: I can put the link down, in, down below. I've heard of it. It's been around since the 70s, right? Kind of one of those... Yeah,
0: right around there, late 70s, <laughs> early 80s, yeah. Late
1: 70s. Mm-hmm. Gotta make all our creature features before people forget Jaws exists.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and they made They made a lot of creature features in the, like the late 90s, like...
0: Jurassic Park one, and if you think of it,
1: and bats, and it's like it's just because the computers are able to do it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say, uh, kind of like with three D printing, where I, I really enjoy that. It, all I have to do is have the image in my mind and a little bit of determination, and it can exist for other people to see, and it's amazing. Oh, cool. It's so crazy to live in the, an age where that's so readily available. So distribution. Feedback, critics,
1: oh, the critics the dealing thing with thing about critics with bad is audiences. is the critics that don't don't go to YouTube for criticism because they won't give you the right feedback.
0: No, they're always they're like, wrong.
1: The, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like I
0: mean, like, like, yeah
1: it's like oh this actress is so bad and I'm like no I I was there I was there I know she's good you know (laughs) and it's it's like you know and so it's like it's completely the wrong criticism and and so what happens is with Vimeo people are more nice and also smart so it's a good smart and nice dichotomy the hard um, part
0: about Vimeo is I feel like I have to have $20,000 worth of camera, though. Like, no, that's, that's, the stuff that's I see on Vimeo is so it, clean. Yeah. It's so pretty.
1: It is pretty. It's It predates YouTube, so if anything, YouTube is kind of a spawn of Vimeo, you <laughs> know? So it's...
0: It's the trailer park version of Vimeo.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like... You know, I think the thing is Vimeo is good if you're browsing through movies, but you can't just search something because they do not censor. And so, yeah, like, you know, so you have to I mean, know exactly do. what you're searching for, you know, so if you search sweet potato on, on Vimeo, yeah, you know, like, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. You can search sweet potato on YouTube and get a lot of potato recipes, but you can't do that on Vimeo. Yeah.
0: So so not critics from the YouTube comments, not Facebook, obviously, or Twitter.
1: No. Um, Facebook, you'll just get your fans.
0: <laughs> I'm okay with that. It makes oh, yeah, me feel yeah. <laughs> nice and warm and fuzzy with my fans <laughs> yeah, that no, like my I'll stuff. <laughs> uh, but I feel like during COVID we've missed a big opportunity. I know this has been popping up in places, so it's, it's happening, but it's not on the scale. It could be drive-in theaters. Why aren't we bringing back drive-in theaters right now? You can socially distance, you stay in your car.
1: I I think it has to do with the, the, the type of films that are being released. They, the directors aren't like, yeah, we want that drive-in movie, but like, yeah, why, (laughs) why not throw that bone, you know?
0: Right, I, it kills me too. There's um there's a drive-in theater, uh here in Walkertown, well Walkertown's just north of where I'm at. I have to drive past it on my way to my day job every day, um and it's an old abandoned mm, drive-in, sad. and I just pass it and I see that four lease sign, as I go by and I go oh
1: sad that'll probably be a Walmart.
0: How many millions do I need, like, <laughs> if we get a couple mil, can we can we bring it back?
1: Oh yeah. i
0: I just just love that especially now too we've got the technology talking about sound earlier oh yeah um you listen to your your dolby digital surround and your newer cars i mean you've got subwoofers in there you've got you can have the full theater experience yeah for the sound and better because you don't have the the echo of the big auditorium you've got oh yeah isolated really good sound uh um, i just feel like we're missing an opportunity though like that could be a great way too and tying this in with what we were talking about getting local film out there they don't have to be doing the big blockbuster every oh night. yeah they, they should do a local do that, filmmaker right? night right uh,
1: i think that i think the trouble is everyone is just too they're thinking about their movie as a stand thing and not as a, a group of things so i think I think the thing is that can probably happen with existing festivals, but I think it would take uh, a real kind of collaboration to, to get it to happen on a smaller scale.
0: So film festivals are still where it's at though, as far as trying to get an audience that is going to give you good review. And by good, I mean like accurate, like, they're fair fair
1: reviews.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair reviews. Um, Sorkin likes writing plays and uh, Steve Martin for the same reason. Uh, they still like writing plays because they can kind of put it in a theater production that doesn't I mean, require the multiple. I would actually recommend
1: set. plays over filmmaking because unless, unless you absolutely want this story to be captured on film you're better off making it in a version that you can see that can be performed that you know um and i'm not saying that most with with most cinematic works they're they're good fiction but they can they can be a play with jake and the dino cat when you have dinosaurs that are also cats i i can't really imagine that being a play like i can't
0: (laughs) but we did cats so anything possible (laughs)
1: Pretty soon, someone's gonna have a dino cat costume.
0: Hey, nobody has said that they didn't have fur. Oh,
1: dinosaurs oh I, I don't have want fur. to
0: know. We're pretty sure they had feathers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm coming.
1: I'm oh, oh dinosaurs. Attack. Yeah, the dinosaurs. imprints. You know, they've, yep. they've got skin samples, like, which is weird because you see a T Rex's skin and you're like, that's creepy, but also. Wow, T-Rex skin.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> and where were we? We were talking about something interesting as far as film. Oh, um, uh, theater, what? theater.
1: Theater, yeah.
0: Yeah, write a play, do a play. Write a play, um, yeah. And I think we're seeing, too, the, ver- the value in that with uh, successes like Hamilton.
1: Uh, oh, yeah.
0: And then going back a few years, A Few Good Men was an Aaron Sorkin play before it was a movie. So, oh,
1: yeah. Well, speaking of men, 12 Angry Men was also a play. So, it's Glen Gary
0: and Glen Ross. That's a favorite of mine.
1: Oh, man. Nobody knows that one. It's another
0: good play that became a film.
1: Wait After Dark is a a good one.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, Dial In for Murder. Oh, wow. That's a good Dial In for Murder.
0: Yes. Yes. The play. That's the movie. Mm -hmm.
1: Clue feels like it should have been a play but wasn't like it just has that stage feel uh but i like clue i'm not ripping on it i love clue
0: i i I thoroughly love clue and uh, murder by death i think we mentioned that last time oh snap uh i still need to find a copy of that because that's peter sellers and sir alec guinness what uh murder by death it's peter sellers and sir alec guinness
1: oh yeah definitely
0: um where are we at we've got reviews the next idea you've come off of one you're still immersed in that one but you've already had to start work on the next one
1: um the next idea uh i think the next idea is
0: coming up with the next idea
1: the, the the next idea is the idea that you feel is the most suitable Hmm. as your kind of epilogue you know
0: so do you do you go from one project that was one flavor and then immediately go to a polar opposite or do you like to go and graduate kind of in the same vein
1: i i think i think for me it's like what can i do in the next short that i haven't done with this short you know and that might be mean a lot of uneven films but i think it'll mean films that are at least different from each other you know
0: how about a notebook of ideas you had while making the first one like whatever you were making oh man, talking about spin-off <laughs> that's the ideas? final film though yeah oh yeah the
1: final film is 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 the the ideas that you liked and you know
0: <laughs> yeah but you had some ideas right that you couldn't fit in this movie but you're like oh that should go in a movie at some point
1: oh well with, with jake and the dino cat the dino cat came first like uh, i yeah. i bought a stop-motion armature skeleton and it was all fancy and i constructed the dino cat and i'm like wow i need to make a movie about this but then the skeleton broke but <laughs> you yeah know, i remember
0: that yeah you know, that was a rough day
1: yeah it was a very rough day it's like oh my friend just died um
0: but he was reborn.
1: Um but the thing is what came out of it is the concept of a dino cat. It's like, oh yeah, that's a good dino because it shouldn't mix. You shouldn't combine a dinosaur with a cat.
0: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't Yeah.
1: yeah if you com combine a dinosaur with a dog, that would be
0: we kind of already right. do that actually. <laughs> they even yeah. did that in Jurassic Park when uh, when the T-Rex grabs the gallimimus and like shakes it you know it's got it in its jaws and then kind of shakes it like a dog kind of thing
1: yeah well I don't know it probably looked at you know it's, it's funny but not but, a
0: cat you don't do it with a cat
1: you know because cats are very raptor like <laughs> you know
0: it's bad it's why they survived I guess against the raptors <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah, you see more cats than you see raptors these days, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think the the cats won.
0: <laughs> so the next idea, um, special editions, revisiting your work, like, after a couple years, or?
1: <laughs> it's done when it's done. If it's not, if you... If if you haven't revised it to the point that you're comfortable with it in film festival, do not revisit, because the thing was, it's like, oh, I would have changed this side. And then and this, you would have, it's like you would want to rebuild the film from page one. And then it's like, hey, that's,
0: it's done. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that when you become an EP on somebody else's version of your work?
1: I I don't know. I haven't gotten there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good. Well, what are we missing, man? I feel like we've walked through making a film from beginning to end. We've talked about a lot of the different segments along the way. What are we missing? How can we tie this up?
1: I think the thing is how I would tie this up would say the relationships you make for the people you have during the manufacturing of the movie Is more important than the film you actually make
0: That's huge That's awesome That's a bombshell uh-huh. <laughs> uh, You talking cast And you're talking everybody No
1: I'm not even cast like everybody
0: mm. you know. Make a movie with people that you want to be Friends with for life Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool
1: But at the same time, don't make it with your best friends because it might strain the relationship.
0: Well, it should (laughs) be new people, right? Yeah, new people. New New family. Yeah. Um, I hear that from some of the best films that are ever made. Some of the worst, too, that you could tell they just had a good time making it. That they came away with. uh, American Outlaws is one of those. The whole Uh, cast got along great. The movie mm -hmm. bombed. It tanked so bad. But you can tell in the featurettes just how much fun they had and how they've got their friends for life. It's there's no way they're they're gonna do stuff. And then when they get a gig, right? Well, they bring one of their friends along.
1: Honest. Well, that's how the industry kind of survives. Is someone knows someone else.
0: That's <laughs> true. Well, what's the next thing for you, man?
1: Uh, realism. Yeah. Realism. <laughs> yeah, like animated realism. Nice. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, documentary style we're talking about really specific like going for realistic imagery
1: I think it's realistic tone you know
0: okay I'm looking forward to it yeah anything else we want to talk about before we let everybody go
1: oh well the one thing I would like to say to anybody who is everybody's make sure the actor or actress is in focus you know Uh, you know i tried to put some stylistic soft focus shots and it just didn't work (laughs) (laughs) i'll remember that for the next one
0: (laughs) there you go nice mine is um always do a tech rehearsal
1: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: because there's always something going on i'm looking forward to seeing what broke on this one (laughs) <laughs> well john it's been great as always i know you it, we've been going for about 90 minutes and oh, you've nice. got a life and stuff to do and yeah, stuff to animate so i'll let you get back to it man always a oh. pleasure to have you you're welcome anytime you want to do another one of these you get some more ideas just hit me up same as you did yesterday and we'll knock out another one. Oh, cool all right well thank you sir thanks everybody we'll call it a night all right good night you don't have to hang up by the way don't hang oh. up. I'm just going to go. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we can talk about how we. Oh. Now I'm sitting here by myself and uh, talking to myself. That's chaos.